Welcome to the Dirt to Dollars podcast. Hosted by Central Kentucky Extension agents, Whitney Carmen, Daniel Carpenter, and Matt Adams. Where we talk everything from the dirt on your land to the dollars in your hand. Welcome back for another edition of Dirt to Dollars. We're recording this on January 4th, and I think we are all thawed out from it's, the big freeze. We haven't talked to y'all since that moved in. Matt, yeah, it's been a while. It's uh, I kind of forgot we had a show. Yeah, I think we had to. We just replayed an episode last week. I just mailed it in. I was yep. too busy. I had too much going on, and we just uh, replayed that. So hopefully, maybe you didn't catch it the first time. You got to catch it the second time. Uh, but uh, got some new stuff for you this week. We may end up having to pull an old interview out of the files, but uh, we're going to talk about a few things in the news because we had a lot going on since we've been gone. Mainly Christmas. Yeah. All right. That's a pretty big day. New Year's. Did y'all, did y'all have a good Christmas in the Adams household? Yeah. We, uh, we did Christmas on Christmas Eve, though, when you have a wife that works in the healthcare field. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you got to do that. She got that holiday pay on Christmas Day, though. But luckily, the kids were young enough, they didn't know a bit of difference. Yep. We just told everybody, keep your mouth shut. Today's Christmas. Right. And everybody listens. So. Yeah. Yeah. Santa, Santa made an appearance at our house and ate all of his cookies and left some yeah. toys for the kids and drank all the drank all the milk, too. He it's a pretty good, pretty good time. And, you know, four and seven are my kids ages and yours are a little younger than that. And it's a, a fun time uh, whenever they get really worked up about it. Yeah, our uh, four-year-old was asking, I think, the next day when, when the next next Christmas was. Mm-hmm. She was a little disappointed she had to wait a whole year. Yeah, my son has already started a list for next year Christmas. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. So it was a cold Christmas. Pretty chilly. Um, Christmas Eve. We stayed at home. Most usually we're out and about and going to a few things. We decided to stick close to homes. It was cold and uh, for one and then for two, just trying to make sure things were okay. Cause our power was out for a while on Christmas Eve. Oh. Day. Good thing you've got that wood stove. Oh, that wood stove was just, a, it was a cooking. It was cooking. Did you turn your emergency heat on? I did. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess we'll talk about that too. Uh, yeah. I think Matt, you might have been right, and I might have oh, been wrong. Oh, but, whoa! But I'm glad as you we sure compared you hit that record button. We compared we electric recorded? bills. Our electric bills were about identical, and our houses are pretty close to the same size. So True. I may have been a little wrong, but <laughs> I wasn't all the way wrong. There it is. But no, I think it when it got below zero. Those heat pumps were basically running on emergency heat, and yeah. I just went on and switched mine over so it wouldn't kick on. Because I was and I took a picture up. and showed you that mine had switched over automatically, like they were designed mm-hmm. to do. And I, you know, I, 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 if I had to do it all over again, I'd still do it the same way. Okay, yeah, because you're a because it was below zero. But anyway, my my yeah, our electric bills were very similar, so I don't know. If, I think when it gets that cold, it probably doesn't matter. But as it gets warmer, it, it is it is a big deal because those heat pumps do use a lot of electricity. But if if any of y'all are interested, go look at your you know a lot of these utility companies have those deals where you can go look at your electric usage. Uh, but yeah, and by you the hour. it was just 
used to it was just day by day and now mm-hmm. they've got it where you can track it by the hour and i know that's what we were comparing is like before you'd got up and got the wood stove going and that kind of stuff so yeah that like you know one to seven o'clock in the morning time frame where it was just cold 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 and and uh obviously you know that was a good way to compare what we had going on and it, it's pretty similar i mean it was yours i think was a little cheaper at certain times but you also had a spit space heater going right and i did not but my emergency heat was basically a space heater so yeah pretty pretty even um had the sheep fare through the cold weather. You know, they did they did pretty good. I you know, when you go out there and it's I mean, that they cold, had wool sweaters on. They did. And um them and the dog both, they were they just seemed fine. I could tell they were eating more hay than than usual. And oh, yeah. you know, I I had kind of wondered like, should I feed them more hay? Should I feed them more grain? And everything I read said more hay, because it's supposed to keep the rumen going and keep them warmer. So I really didn't feed any grain. I just kept the hay to him, which now I'm probably going to be out of hay, uh, but that's all right. That's another problem. But um, if uh, no, I think, I mean, they did fine. I, I just, when it gets that cold and it's never been that cold before, it's just like kind of walk out there expecting the worst or I was, and was just, you know, surprised every day that everything was good. But I was just sure I was going to walk out there and see a frozen sheep somewhere, but everything, <laughs> everything was fine. The worst thing I could keep like my upper body warm when I was out because mm-hmm. you got enough sweatshirts and jackets and stuff, but my coveralls are worn out, and that's a whole nother story. But I've been trying to buy a new pair of coveralls and can't find the ones that fit right. Uh, I struggle anyway, with that too. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Well, and like the brand that I wear used to, you could order like like pant sizes. So like 34 by 36 or whatever. And now it's just larger, extra And now large. it's just large, medium, yeah. extra large. And you're like, what? And there's this range. And I fall right in between the range of two and I can't get it to work. So, Well, I have got a pair of camo bibs. I think I've talked about them on here before that I've had since I was in high school that still fit me. And uh, the seam kind of busted out of the, the side of them. And I'm going to have to break down and buy another pair of those. Well, mine, like right where the knees and thighs like where they rub together when you walk they're they've got holes worn in them and the stuffings came out of the out of the insulation and all that and so like you get on the get on the side by side to go check waters and stuff and you get a little bit of wind and especially as yeah. cold as that wind was blowing like my legs would be ice by the time i got inside did um did you have any iced over outlets or like door handles or anything like that on your house we really didn't have any ice or not much well i mean like frozen like you noticed it on the inside like so cold that you noticed i just saw some pictures of some friends that we had that had older houses and you know they were showing pictures from the inside of their house and then like things on the inside of their house had ice on them we actually had we have a what do you call it a french door like that goes out to the back porch mm-hmm. and uh, it's actually new it was replaced when they did some remodel work three or four years ago but i think in an older house things have settled and it had a little bit too much of a gap on the bottom and there was a strip of ice on the inside of it for two or three days really uh and we kept trying to keep towels and blankets and stuff over it to try and keep the cold air from rushing in but uh 
Yeah. So we had that. A lot of people with uh, water damage from busted pipes. And then we've had a flood <laughs> too right. uh, since the last time that we've done this. Um, so yeah, it seems like maybe the water, um, what do they call it? Water abatement businesses mm -hmm. are probably covered up right now. I had a oh, busted yeah. spigot, uh, outside spigot that I, you know, did everything right. I didn't have one of those little styrofoam things to put over it. Yeah. Um, just never really figured. I mean, it's a frost, it was a freeze proof, frost proof, is it frost proof or freeze proof, frost whatever proof. spigot and, uh, should have been fine, but, uh, went out there and it was ice from the from the spigot down to the ground, solid ice. And I was like, that's not good. Mm. And I got under the house and took care of it myself. And it took me three trips to Lowe's. I was <laughs> furious. Like, and it's in a crawl space and it's not easy to get to. So I'd crawl all the way up in there and got it off, got the water off, got it off there and went to put my replacement in. And I had, I had to go outside, to pull it out, put the replacement in, go back in, crawl under the house. And then it was like, an inch short. I didn't have enough <laughs> pipe down there to, to, uh, to take care of it. So I had to go to Lowe's and get more pipe and then realized I didn't have the right connector. Mm -hmm. And so then I went to Lowe's to get the right connector and got back and, you know, I grabbed it out of the bin. that was the right size. And I get there and I go to sure put it in and it was not the right size. It was the uh -huh. wrong size. So I had to go and get another one. So three trips to town later, I finally got my, my spigot replaced properly. So now I'm a plumber to add okay. a plumber to my resume. Do you have any waters freeze up or anything? No, I didn't. Uh, well, kinda. <laughs> I've got a ball waterer and it did no. fine. It didn't freeze up at all. I mean, I went, I mean, I didn't have the animals drinking out of it cause I was yeah. a little worried that if they were, I know sometimes drinking out of it keeps the water moving, keeps yeah, it from freezing. It helps. But at the same time, I was like, it's so cold. There may be letting more cold air in there by drinking out of it. So maybe I'll just let it freeze up and insulate itself. But it didn't freeze up. It did It did good. I could just pop it with my, my hand a little bit and broke those free. Um, but my I had a tank water behind my house that I was filling up with water and had a heater in it. Cause I felt more comfortable. I knew that they'd have water that way and, and right. I have to like check on it. I could see it from the house. So, um, but it was, it had ice four inches thick around the top of that thing, except for a little circle where that heater was in the middle of the tank. It, they, we made it through it. It was, I had to, to bucket some water out there, uh, just to make sure that they didn't go without, but they didn't drink a drop of it for the first day and a half of that real cold weather. <laughs> and then, then I, I guess they finally realized that they needed it and and they were going to town on it after that. So we, uh, everything we have now is watered on automatic to the ball type waters. And most of them, through most of that weather, I could do what you were talking about. Just you made your rounds every morning and then I'd do it again when I fed in the evenings just to make sure they were all free. But uh, go around and bust those balls loose where they could drink and and then in the in the morning when they they typically keep it uh keep it thawed out through the day as they came up and drank and pumped some warm water into it but uh, we had one christmas day that froze and the valve froze hmm. and i think it was one of those because christmas eve would have been pretty cold and windy wasn't it yeah 
It warmed so up think, a little bit. It got like to 20. Yeah. Which felt think, like a heat wave. I almost went outside in my t-shirt. Right. This, uh, but this particular water, if we're ever going to have problems, we have problems out of that one because we deal with a little bit of rock down where I'm from and we weren't able to get the heat tube deep enough when we installed it. So it, uh, it doesn't do as good a job as the rest of them. But I think as they were drinking, the valve froze. And then they just, of course, they drink it down, and then it's just everything's exposed and everything freezes up. And the big problem was when I went to unthaw it on Christmas Day, uh, I was trying to get stuff busted loose, and the valve snapped in two because it was cold and the plastic mm -hmm. was brittle and full of ice. So luckily, we've got a rental farm that I pull the cows off in the wintertime that has the same type of water on it was able to go over there because it was Christmas day. It wasn't anywhere open. Go over there and thaw that one out, steal the valve off of it. Ended up taking everything to the shop and putting it in front of the heater and letting it thaw out and get warm. So I didn't break the only valve that I had switched everything out, got everything thawed out and it was fixed. It was only about a five hour ordeal to do something that in warm weather would have taken less than an hour. Right. <laughs> um, so when I learned a few things next time, when they talk about this stuff coming in, I'm going to be pro more proactive. I had a generator in a barn, which is like 400 feet from my house. Mm -hmm. And I ended up having to, it had a little handle in the front and wheels in the back. So when our electricity went out on New Year's Eve, I ended up putting my three layers on and um, going out to the barn Christmas and pulling Eve. that thing back by hand uh, all the way to the house. Cause I was a little, I didn't want to get my mule out cause I was afraid it's so cold. Like if it were to shut off and I didn't keep it, you know, I just, I didn't want to mess with it and getting it out of there, getting, letting the heat out of the garage and all that stuff. So I just pulled it by hand and you know, it's, that's when you start sweating when you're wearing that many clothes and you're working that hard when it's that cold and, uh, and then that sweat freezes. It's a good feeling. Yeah. Good feeling. But anyway, uh, but also I had a, on our uh we have a gate right behind our house that we just kind of like walk to the to the barn with and then we have a bigger gate down the hill that we drive through so i go to this gate to get it out and it's got a little clip on it to sort of keep it closed that thing was froze solid oh there was i had no one of those, like one of the little class with yes. the spring on it and didn't even those, think about it and i, one of those I had on a, one gate that yeah it just ended up I, luckily i've got another gate i could go through to feed well that group of and cows, i had another yeah, gate uh, it just took longer so i was out yeah. in the cold longer and it was and i was mad <laughs> so it was just like tag on gate and it, anyway that I, I learned that we need to do a little something different on that gate um for the future. It's the only time I ever had a problem with it, but that aggravated me. And I had to take a blowtorch or a little propane torch mm -hmm. to it for a while to get it to, to thaw out enough to open up. It, it was a, uh, it was a booger. So also I noticed there was a, I guess maybe just, uh, I don't know if it's a, an attaboy or a congratulations or a thank you or whatever, but to all the livestock farmers out there, uh, good on you. I, I like seeing a lot of the pictures of uh, people dressed up, look like the kid from Christmas Story, you know, just <laughs> and and had been out in the cold. And I saw a lot of a lot of local farm families and or even farm families from all over the state, and they you know had taken pictures of being out in it and or of their spouses or whatever that were going out to take care of stuff. That, so that was pretty neat to see. I take I took a selfie, and I wondered when I took my selfie, like you know how your phone will shut down from being too hot. I was wondering yeah. if it would shut down from being too cold. 
See, I never got mine out because I didn't want to take my gloves off to have to do anything with it. I did for just a minute, but them gloves went back on really quick. There's one more thing thing we can talk about. What kind of gloves did you wear? Because I've found the successful combination when it comes to So my usual go-to when it's cold, and it's I don't have them anymore, but I guess my dad used to give me a pack of them every now and then, and he like a 12-pack of brown gloves. I'd wear like two or three layers of those, and that would would be good. But I've got some insulated work gloves that they're about wore out, but they're, uh, they're, they're all right. They kept my hands decently warm. So here's what I do. I always, all winter long, I'll wear the, you know, the just knit gloves like people have started giving away at farm shows and mm-hmm. have their logos or whatever on them. I stock up at them when I'm at a farm show. And uh, that's what I wear most of the winter. And I found the combination. I found this a few years ago when we were, we were in Iowa visiting one of the feedlots that, uh, that custom fed cattle with us or for us. Uh, there's an old cattle guy, old feedlot owner that, uh, taught me this, you know, he's old cowboy kind of guy. Mm-hmm. He'd wear those gloves and slip just these unlined leather, like cow skin gloves on over top of them. Perfect. Hmm. The leather keeps the wind from cutting through them. Then you've got mm-hmm. the insulation of the knit gloves inside of them. And the leather gives you a little bit of waterproofing. So, you know, if you're fooling with water or something, you splash a little water on them. They don't soak the water up like a, like a cotton glove or something would. Perfect combination. My hands never got cold. Man, when I was taking an axe to that water I had behind my house and some water splashed up on my face, mm-hmm. I don't know if I've ever felt something so cold. Oh, man. And it fr- like it was like as soon as it hit my face, it froze. Like that little that little heater in there was barely keeping it from freezing, and it splashed on my face. And I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Ooh. I had whatever is, whatever is splashed shut. on my clothes. You what? I had an eye freeze shut. No, you didn't. It wasn't for a long time, but I was I'd been out checking waters and was driving back to the barn and my side by side. And I guess you know how when it's really cold, your eyes kind of water. Mm-hmm. And one of them watered a little too much, and I blinked, and it wouldn't come back open. <laughs> I kind of had to rub on it a little and and sit there and work with it, and finally got it back open. I had a little bit of a panic moment. I didn't know if it was like, uh, is that Christmas story where his tongue freezes to the flight? No, pole? it's uh, well, that is, but no, in Christmas Vacation, that little girl uh, at the beginning when they're doing the tree, and she's like, yeah, oh, she can't, yeah, her eyes she can't see her shut. eyes are yeah. froze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what I felt like. I had a little bit of a panic moment. Because hmm. that was the only thing of me that was exposed was my eyes. I've got a, what do you call them? Are they, I think we've had this discussion before. Are they toboggans? That's what I always call them, toboggan. The toboggan. hat that you wear when it's cold. Mm-hmm. Somebody calls them, is it sock hats? I've heard people call beanies. them sock hats or beanies. Sock hats. Yeah. yeah there's well, I've got a bunch whatever of them. they are. I've got one of them that's got a face mask that like you can pull down. So the one I've got, it, it's just like, it's just got the little circle around your eyes. And so yeah. it's got a thing that comes over your mouth. Like it's a full, I don't even know what it's called, but it covers your whole face, basically your whole head. And I had that thing on. I used, when I first got that, I was like, I ain't never wearing this thing, but <laughs> man, it, it does all right. The only bad thing about it is like when it's over your mouth, it'll get wet from your yeah, breath and stuff. Too. And then if it gets cold, it'll get cold sometimes. But um, but the thing I like about mine is you can tuck it back up in there 
when you don't need it and just wear it like a regular toboggan. Mm -hmm. And then even like if you get in a cab tractor or something and you're like, man, I don't want to be breathing my bad stinky breath back in all the time. Mm -hmm. You can just pull it down underneath your chin and you're good to go. So that's our wardrobe discussion for the week. Yeah, and 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 since we're talking about this, I guess we probably should. Uh, I know there have been a few losses of livestock. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was down at the conservation district in Larue County uh, earlier this week, and there was actually a few people had, had dropped in to drop off some um, receipts to get reimbursed for that um, dead animal removal cost. And I, I asked her how many she had, and I think she had three or four. Um, so, which is probably about what I expected. I'm sure there may have been more and they don't turn them in, but, um, that's still pretty good, uh, for having the weather that we did. And I think there are some programs out there, um, aside from that, that can help with some of those losses and what's one of them's called lip. Yeah. Livestock indemnity program. And that's at the farm service agency. Yes. Right. And so if uh, you're somebody that's had some experience, some losses due to the, to the weather um, there, that cold weather spell that we had, um, you can give them a call. I think their number, uh, I'm going off the top of my head, 270-765-2702. That sounds correct. I think that's right. And, uh, and talk to them there and they can walk you through uh, what's needed for that. But if you, you you may be, you may be a little late if it happened over the cold and you weren't prepared for that because i think one thing you have to have is a picture of the animal of Mm -hmm. the deceased animal so these days with cell phones most people take pictures of everything so i right you know that's what i've got in the habit of doing anytime i lose an animal just take a picture of it so because you never know when they might consider that to have been an extreme weather event Mm -hmm. and i guess maybe this could be a learning opportunity too if you didn't you know next time next time you know you know when there's an issue like that so I guess the kind of weather we had uh, felt a little like maybe the weather can get in uh, Yellowstone. Do you have, yeah. I, mean, I don't even think, I think we're colder than they get uh, for that spell. And, and I think we might be in like, the coldest place in the country. Really? Have you noticed that though? I don't think, I've never seen it be cold on Yellowstone. I don't think I've ever seen the snow or anything. I thought I remember seeing snow on something, but maybe, maybe I made that up in my head. Maybe it's always sunny and like, you know, they're always wearing a jacket. So it's well, like and then, and sunny and 60 yeah, degrees all year long, which would probably would be nice. That would be nice. No humidity. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- so this week they talk about, um, I'm not going to spoil it too much. Yeah. I don't, don't spoil it because I haven't gotten to watch some it. of the conversation is there. They may be moving some animals to Texas and yeah. the conversation got to being like, oh, it's cold at night. Or like, it gets cold in Texas. And and huh? that kind of struck me. I was like, surely it's colder there than it is in Texas. But yes. I know my experience with Yellowstone, like the park, is like you will be, you could be up in a mountain one minute and there's snow on the ground. But then the next minute you're down in a valley and it's fine. And, it, you know, or it's, um, it, it's just a, I think the terrain out there has a big, means a, a lot to the way the weather is maybe yeah. but anyway they, that was something they talked about is how cold it was in texas and i was like surely it's not that much colder but talking about texas i think they're taking them to the four sixes the four sixes mm-hmm. is coming back in yeah is that right jimmy comes back 
Jimmy comes back. He comes Jimmy back comes into the story. Back. I don't. I, that's, I, that's all I'll say. He, he shows back up. Okay. So, uh, do you know the Kentucky connection to the four sixes? Um, did they sign a NIL deal for a basketball player or a football player? No. No. I mean, then I don't no. know. All right, here we go. Fun fact for the Yellowstone fans out there. The Four Sixes Ranch near Guthrie, Texas, was acquired in May 2021 by a buyer group represented by Western filmmaker Taylor Sheridan, which, well, I think we've talked about that on the show when it happened that he bought mm-hmm. the Four Sixes. Uh, that ranch was established by Samuel Burke Burnett in 1900 after he purchased the land from Louisville Land and Cattle Company, a Kentucky-based firm with offices in Texas and Wyoming. There's your bluegrass tie. Oh. Well, if that ever comes up on Yellowstone Trivia Night, I'll know the answer. There you go. You can impress everybody. Mm-hmm. And I've seen I mean, a I little bit. I everybody anyway. Yeah, that's right. I've seen a little bit floating around on social media, and don't ruin it for me. But I hear that there is a appearance by the one and only cowboy Dale Brisby. Do you even know who Dale Brisby is? Uh, you said don't spoil it for you, so I ain't gonna say anything. All right, all right. Because you ain't no cowboy. Well, let's just change topics. All right, let's Before just move you spoil on. it for me. Yeah, because I don't okay. know what I can say and what I can't say. All right. So we'll talk more next time. Some programs or and and things that are coming up in uh, uh, extension agriculture world is uh, one of them is the Kentucky Commodity Conference, which is coming up on January nineteenth. At um, what's the name of the place that it's at in Bowling Green? It's at then at that same Sloan Convention Center. Plot, Sloan, it's right, Sloan Convention Center. That's uh, Thursday, January 19th. They start with a early riser session at 7 a.m., which I don't make that one. I drive down the morning of, and I, ain't, I can't, just can't get can't there. That's, only, that's 8 o'clock our time. I know, but still, it means you got to leave at 6. Yeah. And most of the time, I'm riding with you, and you don't get up that early. So, uh, But this year, they have John McGillicuddy, who is a pretty interesting dude, very smart guy on uh, grain production and kind of a outside of the box thinker. And I really like listening to him speak. So I may try to get there for that one this year. Um, so if you're going to, if you're going to ride with me, Matt, we, you may have to get up early. Okay. Uh, but ge- the general registration starts at eight 30 and uh, uh, goes until six 30 with an awards banquet at that evening. They have a, um, a, a keynote speaker at lunch who I do not know. Jack Aldrich. I don't know him. Mm-hmm. I don't know Jack. But I think he's like a um, futurist. Do you know what a futurist is? What is a futurist? Do I don't know? know. I guess it's somebody that tries to maybe like guess the future, like a fortune teller. I don't Let's know. Google it. Um, but anyway, he's. I think he's somebody who's going to talk about you know what the future may look like and uh, how. I guess maybe how uh, you know grain production will fit into that and, and maybe what it could look like in the future. A futurist is a person who studies the future and makes predictions about it based on current trends. Hmm. How can you study the future? That's uh, yeah, that doesn't make much sense. does it? <laughs> uh, anyway, but we also uh, think that all the, the soybean association, corn growers, small grain, they have uh annual meeting that takes place, but this year may be interesting at, uh, 
at 3.45 in the afternoon, there's an Ag Commissioner candidate forum. So I know we have several people running for Ag Commissioner. So it could be an interesting, you know, way to, you know, hear what they had to say and what they're running on and what they're planning on doing to help make an educated decision on who you want to vote for. And they also have a, in the morning, uh, there's a trade show that's sort of open throughout the day. Um, they also have a marketing session with a panel discussion that's typically pretty good too and, and offers a lot of insight into the way things are going. So any grain farmers out there that, you know, if you've not been before, I recommend going. It's a pretty good, pretty good day. A lot of stuff to see, a lot of people to talk to. Um, and I know me and Matt will probably be there. So you can talk to us if yeah. you can't find anybody else. But Come on and um, see us. We'll be signing autographs from two to three in the, yes, in the trade show. South Wing. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. I don't we don't have a South booth Wings. or anything. We'll just be <laughs> hanging out. So. Yeah. Uh, just form a line uh, in single file, please. Uh, we do have some pictures that we can autograph. Also, if you can register ahead of time, that is one thing that they ask you to do so they can have enough uh, count for food. Um, and I sure miss uh, Becky Thomas. I really appreciate that. If you can, uh, and Ray as well. I think if That's you don't right. register ahead of time, they may uh, beat you up. <laughs> <laughs> then there's an awards banquet there at 630. And I, how, how many, uh, how many LaRue County winners are in that awards banquet, Daniel? Um, I don't know if we, we didn't have any winners. <laughs> Huh. How many Hardin County winners are there? More than LaRue County. Oh, yeah? Uh-huh. Well, who are some? Or I guess, I can we, you say yet? We got to wait till the, the banquet. Yeah, let's wait and let the suspense build. But I think we have three, hmm. if I'm counting right. How many, how many times did a LaRue County person have to help uh, measure some of those for, for you? At least one of them. Uh, just once. Okay. Just once. If you're interested in attending... uh the conference, or if you want to learn more and you don't trust us and you just want to read it yourself, go to kycommodityconference.org and you can register there and see their agenda and sponsors and all that stuff should be a, and read bios on all the speakers that they have should be a good, should be a good day. It looks like it'd be, be very educational. It'd be worth your trip. All right. So I was flipping through social media this morning. I found a, is it meme or meme? How do you say that? Well, however you say it, meme, meme. Is it a meme? I don't think it's a meme. Well, I think it's a meme. Okay. Well, whatever. Maybe you it's a meme. Call it. Sure. Whatever you want to call it. It's a picture of a dozen eggs. Mm-hmm. And it's like a for sales ad. It says dozen farm fresh eggs. We'll trade for 2015 or newer Jeep. Don't try to low ball me. I know what I've got. <laughs> so I saw another meme, and it had pictures of the. I egg thought cartons. it was a meme. Sure. I had okay. pictures of the egg cartons in the in kind of in the background and in the foreground it had like three eggs in a Ziploc baggie. I saw that too. And and it kind of made it like it was, you know, like, like drugs or something. Um and it's like, man, made a big haul today. So I thought that was funny too, because the eggs are have gotten expensive and uh they've gotten extraordinarily high. <laughs> see what I did there? I see what you did there. There were some things showing that they're up 49% uh, since I think early 2020. And if you were to look up like just from 2022, they're up like 60 something percent. Cause like earlier this year, they were at fairly kind of low lows. Um, and now they're, they're at 49%. And if you look at some of the things that show like how high things have gotten and st- things that have, I guess, inflated the most eggs are at the top. Hmm. Why is that? 
fuel prices? Um, I don't know. It's a good question. Uh, I will say if you look on down that list, uh, there's a couple other agriculture commodities that are on there. Uh, so eggs are at the top. Airfare is right below that, um, hmm. has gone up a lot. And, uh, but once you get down, the next one down is butter hmm. and it's up 34%. And then lettuce is up 20%. That's crazy. So that's a lot of stuff that, and you know, you know, ag directly ag related that have, has gone up a lot. And I don't know, you know, even with these eggs, they're saying that the specialty eggs, like the, maybe the organic eggs or the cage free or the, um, I don't know. Is what other grass fed? Other grass fed. Um, <laughs> I don't think that's the thing, but yeah. maybe but they're, they're higher priced than, or, the regular quote unquote regular eggs are higher priced than some of those specialty type eggs, uh, just because of the demand, the supply and the demand of them, <laughs> you know, that's, and that's to answer your question. That's why they're high. And I mean, that's why anything, the price has changed because of that combination of supply and demand, but it's just, it's interesting. I mean, how, how Matt, have, do you do much grocery shopping? Have you noticed what, eggs are selling for here i don't do much of ours i know we go through a lot of eggs but i've never asked what they cost i just know every time you go in the grocery it's hard to come out with less than man i tell you what it used to be i'd be happy to be under 100 bucks when i come out of there now it's like 150 well there's been times i was happy to be under 500 oh my gosh anymore well if you got to get a lot of diapers and stuff yeah that that does that does add up uh so i saw some pictures and some stories like texas 18 eggs were eight dollars and 70 cents a carton um i think now generally yeah like just here recently used to they were yeah a couple bucks wasn't it so a few different few different prices i've seen them for five dollars a dozen um at places and people have have said that they've paid that much uh, there's also, I think some, some numbers that show that in January, uh, of the, of 2022 eggs were about a dollar 93 a dozen. So around that $2 mark and now, um, three sixty. Huh. that's, you know, that's, that's a big jump. Um, you know, that's not from 2020 cause the price have gone up and down, but this is just from early 2022 when the prices kind of did like fuel did right around COVID they were down to like somewhat historic lows and then now they're right. up to historic highs and it just makes it even seem worse than it really is. Well, so the, that, this, go ahead. Go ahead. That kind of fits my farming operation though, because we had chickens back when eggs were dirt cheap and we were raising our own eggs and paying like $20 for a 50 pound bag of feed. And we'd have $4 a dozen in a dozen eggs when you could go buy them for two. Yeah. And now that they're actually high and it would probably make sense to have them, we don't have them anymore. So mm -hmm. it'd be a good time to get back in the chicken business. Don't know how long this will last. cause egg prices to crash if I do that. So. Yeah. I don't know how long this will last. From what I've heard, talking to a few people, because I've had the same conversations like, I might buy me some layer, layer hands. And uh, evidently they were really expensive now too, because everybody's wanting them. Huh. So, um, yeah, I, I can imagine this Easter, you know, when you go to the 
your local, you know, retail spot that has the hens for, you know, the chickens, chicks for sale or whatever, say they'll be going quick. Well, I've got a pro tip that I learned from a friend of the show that uh, you go in the day after Easter, the Monday after Easter to the farm stores and you can just like make an offer on what they've got left and they'll sell them to you dirt cheap because they, they just want to get rid of them and get them out there. You could have just told me that. Thanks. Well, now everybody knows. Now everybody's going to rush in and do that, but just make sure you're the first one there Monday morning. But if there's that much demand for them, they might not have any left after Easter. Um. So yeah, there that that's uh, I think I think a lot of the price is they there's there I guess maybe these days I don't know that it's necessarily a hundred percent supply and demand. I think a lot of it's news and just yeah. general right. sentiment and um because I mean that's stock market and everything it just goes crazy on that stuff. But uh, evidently the avian influenza, which we've talked about on our show before. Uh, has had a big effect on it. I think there was over like four, it was like 5% of all of the, you know, the laying hens in the country, I guess. I guess it's in the country. I just saw that number. It could have been worldwide. I don't, I don't know. But there was a 5% reduction in layer hens that had been either euthanized or, you know, destroyed due to, uh, to that disease to stop the spread of that disease. And uh, that's brought egg production down like 4%. Now, I don't know if that means that things need to go up. Should that mean that prices should go up like four percent? Then that's technically not a direct correlation. Yeah, I'm sure it's close though. And I've even seen that you know if you if you break down the price of eggs per pound, or and especially like uh, per pound or per pound of protein or however you want to look at it, it's it's right now it's about it's just to buy chicken meat. <laughs> cheaper than eggs hmm. and that's that, that that hasn't happened uh and i don't think it's happened before so that's kind of different i don't know or is there like a popular diet with eggs i don't know maybe like i don't i don't i haven't no seen what egg consumption is because that's the other thing if egg consumption has gone up then that can change some things too but uh, as I was looking at this list of things, the prices have gone down on, um, you know, showing a lot of these big increases. What are some things you think prices have gone down on? Not a whole lot. Smartphones were at the bottom of the list. So they've dropped smartphone prices have dropped 23%. Huh? Also TVs. I can understand that they're down 17%. Which agriculture commodity do you think has gone down the most? Just a you know a consumer direct consumer type of product. Uh, what time time frame? Uh, this is I guess this is since twenty twenty. Cotton, beef. Huh. It's down five percent. Huh. And I, I'm assuming that's you know price the consumer pays. Right. Um, but over, Which that's guess, one of those things that got a little overinflated during COVID too, mm-hmm. because everybody was rushing out to buy beef. And remember the way they had packing plants shut down and supply chain issues and stuff. So I can see that. And I've noticed, I don't know. I mean, I got a smoker over the holidays and we talked yeah. about this yeah. and I've been paying a lot more attention you to like prices. It. I do. I like it a lot, but I've been paying a lot more attention to meat prices and there's some, 
some things are getting pretty low, like Boston butts and chicken. I even well, saw a dollar a pound on. That's part on some of the of reason why you buy smokers is you can right. catch seasonal. Now, if I can, like if all I can do is just cook like a thousand pounds of of pork butt and whole chickens, and maybe I'll recoup my investment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it's nice. And you yeah. got the fancy one too, didn't you? I don't know. It was the lowest line they had. Yeah. But anyway, I thought those were some interesting numbers. Did you hear my page rip? That was my notes. I just ripped my notes off. I had to write some of that stuff down because I couldn't remember uh, it all. Since it is another month, I should also say uh, Lurk County Cattlemen will be meeting on oh. uh, Tuesday, February 10th. And oh. Jeremy Hinton is going to be their uh, sponsor for that meeting, talking about some crop insurance options or some, uh, I guess I shouldn't say crop insurance. It's probably more like livestock insurance and maybe even See, some weather. Are, they're not meeting in January? Yeah, January 10th. You Tuesday. said February. Oh, Get sorry. Right here. Yeah. January the 10th. I may have said okay. that wrong. I was even looking at January. Like I don't weeks, know where I got right. February th from, but. Yeah, January 10th at 6.30 at the, I'm sorry, January 10th at 7. Everybody, I'm going to have My everybody gosh, flustered. nobody's going to show up on time. Well, they, they generally it. don't anyway. They show up at the last minute, but I should maybe I should say 6.30 and they'll be there early. Uh, but no, 7 o'clock, January 10th, Jeremy Hinton um, uh, doing a crop insurance program and uh, they will have food. So bring a dessert to share, if you will, please, and should be a good program. Uh, also, we won't have a show next week. Uh, we'll be doing a replay. I think we got several of us out of town. We weren't sure if we're going to do one this week until today. Yeah, uh, but we we're able to. Get and hey, in. we didn't even have to. Didn't even have to dust off an old interview. I know we, we we pulled we, it out. We bull, bulled our way through here, didn't we? Hmm. I know we do have a few people that may need uh, BQCA or pesticide stuff. Um, I don't think Matt has any scheduled yet, but he's working on it. We're I do have a few it. in Larue County coming up. Um, we did have one this week, uh, but we'll let that go because you're probably not going to hear about it in time. But BQCA, uh, 8.30 a.m. on January 20th. That's a Friday, 8.30 a.m. Um, also a uh, pesticide uh, training on January 27th from 8 until whenever we get done. So I try to get through them fast. Sign. I think we're supposed to be there for three hours, but we try to get it done as quick as we can. That's 8 a.m. or p.m.? That's 8 a.m. Okay. I didn't think you were going to stay there that late. No. All right. Well, what else you got there, Mr. Adams? All right. I think I've got a song. Okay, what you got? So, since we're not going to have a show next week, we just said that. You know everybody's going to miss us. Mm -hmm. So, we've got the classic Brooks and Dunn, You're Going to Miss Me When I'm Gone. Yeah, it's not... Bad. I think Kale may have that one. If he doesn't, he might have. Uh, you think he's got Trace Adkins? Because you're going to miss this. this. No, you're going to miss this. <laughs> you're going to want this back. Maybe. Yeah. That'll work. These are some good times to so take a good look around. Yep. You may not know it now, but you're going to miss this. We got one of those songs, I'm sure. All right. Matt, we'll see you in a couple weeks. See you.